0: Hello and welcome to the Red Box Politics Podcast on The Times I'm Matt Jolly. Before we get stuck into this week's episode, two events we need to tell you about. The morning after the election you can come to the Times offices, the news building in London Bridge where we'll try to explain what has happened and what might happen next. You can get tickets at mytimesplus.co.uk People we've already roped into appearing, Henry Zeffman, regular on the podcast Esther Weber, Tim Shipman, Matthew Paris, Alice Thompson and whoever else isn't in bed or drunk will be there at mytimesplus.co.uk to get tickets and I'm bringing my stand-up show back to London on Saturday January the 25th at the Bloomsbury Theatre go to the Bloomsbury Theatre website uh, to buy tickets that's all the plugging over with right so what we're going to try and do in this week's episode is take dominic cummings advice get out of london he said go and find out what will people think which is what times writers have been doing patrick kids the times diary editor went
1: to where did you go patrick i followed the route to the sun i did the a303 and a30 all the way down to the tip of cornwall so going through hampshire and somerset and devon and cornwall basically places i've lived and worked Oh, Trollishare, they <laughs> call it. Exactly right. Um, Robert, where
2: did you go? Robert Crampton. Uh, I went to the north. No typecasting there. I went. Camden Town. Uh, rather <laughs> further north. Oh. Uh, I went to three Labour seats that had big leave majorities in the 2016 referendum. They were Oldham East and Saddleworth, Batley and Spen and Hartlepool.
0: And Janice Turner Times columnist, where well, have you been? Well, I haven't
3: been? been very adventurous. I've been to my hometown. I went up to cover the floods a couple of weeks ago, and um, so I have thoughts on that. And also I was in uh, Doncaster, my hometown, when uh, Boris was visiting uh, in the market and talking to people, so I have thoughts about that too.
0: I suppose my first question is, what did you expect to find when you went to these places, and did, was that matched by reality? Patrick? Well, the,
1: the route I followed was... Really looking, I suppose, at a Tory versus Lib Dem. I mean, there was one little blotch of of, of Redwood with, with Exeter and, and Ben Bradshaw, but largely it was seats that had been Lib Dem uh, and had turned Tory in the past, like like Winchester or Somerton and Froome in, on day one, and then by the end in Cornwall, all of that had been Lib Dem in 2005, and it's now all blue. And it was to try and see whether there is a move back back towards the Liberal Democrats. I, mean, I did this did right at the start of the campaign when it looked like the, Joe Swinson had momentum. There, there were different stories I found along the way. For instance, in Winchester, it's a 10,000 Tory majority, and yet the the Lib Dem vote, so the Remain vote is so big there uh, that they're very confident. They had big successes in the local elections. They, they took back control of the council. And and I I, I met their candidate there, and um, she's very positive. But you then go to, to the west of that region, to Somerton and Froome, and I met David Warburton, the Tory candidate, who won the seat of the Liberals in 2015 on the biggest swing in the country, 18%. And And there he's fairly confident of hanging on to it. He also gave me the best bit of trivia of the uh, election, which is that he owns the piano on which Mike Batt wrote the theme music to the Wombles oh, uh, so, <laughs> so loved um and then through through Devon, uh, I met a fabulous uh, candidate called Claire Wright, who's standing as an independent in East Devon, which is sort of butley source, not recent Mary area Exmouth, who's uh, stood at the last two elections come second both times um, last time she was 8,000 behind the Tory uh, Hugo why who's not standing and 15,000 ahead of Labour so she is the opposition and she's standing yes as anti-Brexit and anti-austerity but also on, on local issues hospitals and green issues and, and she was really impressive what, what I liked most about her what I liked about all the candidates who I thought were good things from multiple parties, but well, she was doing the shoe leather. She was leafleting and saying, I will be in Exmouth this Saturday. Come and talk to me about whatever you want. Mm. And she's done that over a few years. And I found that then to come to the end story in, in Cornwall, where I met a very good... Uh, Lib Dem, I'll talk about a bit later in, in, in it. Who, who again, had as a vet, or his job would take him all over the constituency, and then finished up in Newland speaking to fishermen, who of course voted for Brexit in big numbers, but they're largely just fed up with a whole lot of them. They, they hate, they hate the fact they're being asked to have an election. And you
0: wrote in your piece uh, on the fishermen that basically they used up all of your asterisks. <laughs> Uh, all of their responses to your questions required. They what? were very salty.
1: Yes, um, as <laughs> you yeah, would expect. Yeah. Um, and on Corbyn, I mean, another trend right across in every constituency, including also some I've done in the southeast, the dislike for for Corbyn, which I know you mentioned, Robert. Um, yeah, um, North is is much more than dislike for Tories or, or Lib Dems. Was that what you found, Robert? Yes, I found dislike
2: of Corbyn and uh, was m- more prominent amongst disgruntled. Labour voters than than was Brexit, although Brexit was a fairly close second. Just echoing what Patrick said about the uh, candidates. I, well, I met to the the two two of the sitting MPs, Dave, Debbie Abrahams in Oldham, and uh, Tracy Braben in Batley and Spen, and you do find. I mean, politicians get such a bad press, not least from us. But they are such. Uh, when you meet them in the flesh, you must know this, Matt, uh, although you're making a living satirising them. It they, turns, they're, they're, that it they're turns a lot. out that individually mm-hmm. they're yeah. very decent people. So that's worth saying. I, go, I don't know what I expected to find. What I was looking to try to discover was the extent to which the La- disaffection with uh, Labour and Corbyn would translate into voting Tory. I mean, we chose these seats partly because the Tories were second in all three in 2017. I mean, healthy Labour majorities, but not. Absolutely, I mean, there'd have to be a bit of a landslide for, for Labour to lose those three seats. None of them are in the, if you look at the top sort of 30 target Tory seats in the, in the North and the Midlands, they are not among them. But, it, and what I found was, yes, Labour are sufficiently disgruntled for lifelong Labour voters to be considering voting Tory in large numbers. I found it quite difficult to find a Labour voter in some of these places. And you had all the quotes, one kid saying, oh, my granddad turning turn in his grave, but I'm thinking of voting Tory. That was in Hartlepool. Absolutely scathing about Corbyn. No particular love for Boris. I think that was maybe that's a North South thing. I mean, maybe more into the Boris stick in the South. They don't really, they're not really buying Boris in the North. But at least two, uh, at least worst option. And uh, that just to be the overwhelming theme of this election: mm-hmm. is that nobody really loves anyone. No, I mean the overwhelming. What you have to do, you wade through. I mean, which you don't end up quoting. I'm sure Patrick's the same and, and Janice. You wade through a whole bunch of people saying they're all the same. Uh, I just wish they'd get on with it. They're all in it for themselves, <laughs> yeah, and you just automa- and and to get to unearth one usable quote, you have to wade through. Five of those, yeah. So that and that doesn't sort of make it into the paper because it's 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 boring. It's a bit <laughs> it's it's a bit like Patrick and his asterisks. I used up my you use you use up your quota of those quotes mm. very quickly, very quickly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Dennis, what about you? Because going mm. to your hometown, yeah. I mean, well, it, the same
0: way that I've been found... to
3: South Yorkshire for several elections now, and on, um, a couple of elections ago. course there has been so many lately. <laughs> I was following Sarah Champion around Rotherham, and as uh, she was on the doorstep, and there was this kind of ancestor worship that Robert mentioned. There. You know, like my my granny will spin in her urn if I voted anything but Labour and I've noticed over the course of visiting there both uh, personal reasons and for work that that kind of ancestor worship seems to be eroding and previously there was a lot of people who like my late father would never have voted Conservative for sort of real basic class reasons but were attracted by these kind of populist leaders I mean Doncaster was the first place to, it had an English Democrat mayor long before UKIP really took hold and I've seen this whole populist right-wing thing rumbling down the right line from a long way away, but it was just whether it would ever manifest itself in anything except local electoral terms, whether it would actually, you know, these are, as I said, there are big majorities. But I w- when I was there in August and, uh, and Boris had this kind of impromptu visit and he went round Doncaster Market and talked to all the Brexty butchers and all the, and, and all the sort of fruit sellers and things, I noticed I mean, if Theresa May had been there, there would have been no kind of response whatsoever to her. But there was, you know, really, it would have been like, well, what, why is she here even? But there was, with Boris, there was a kind of, come on, lad, get it done.
0: Even though essentially their politics or their policies are basically the same. The yes. pitch to the public is almost identical. Yeah,
3: he, he speaks to them, even though he's incredibly posh and dissolute and all these private issues. They see somebody who has been hemmed in in Parliament. Oh. This has really penetrated the idea. Idea that he's trying every which way to get through yeah. to get to get this thing passed, and yeah. and he's been he's been stopped. So they right. want to, and but the ones th- have
1: voted for Theresa May's deal, yeah. Yeah. yes, have got it <laughs> <as well. laughs> I think he did eventually. Eventually, yes.
3: <laughs> but I I also one of the things I think about this if it does manifest itself, and in Doncaster there are three seats, two of which are massive Labour majorities: Ed Miliband, Doncaster North, where I grew up; Rosie Winterton, Doncaster Central, and then Caroline Flint in Don Valley, is that I think if they do give their votes to the Tories this time, and I think I agree with Robert, I think it's highly possible because of the factors we said. I think it's a one-off deal. Okay. I think it's like Churchill during the war, and then when peacetime comes, they dump him. This will
0: be music to. Boris Johnson's is, apart from the last bit, but the idea I know he being loves, I, mean, national... I,
3: I use the church analogy in a very, very <laughs> specific, specific, specific sense, in, it, yeah. in the sense that they, during a, mm. a, a time of, of conflict and difficulty, they're prepared to go with um, a sort of populist yeah. bombastic leader. But when it comes to issues, they're going to...
2: The people are being pulled towards the Tories because of Brexit, but they're being pushed away from Labour because of Corbyn. Yes. So I think for them to only loan their votes for the Tories and return to Labour, Next time, I'm not so sure about that because these class allegiances have been eroding for a long, long time now, and that's contingent on Labour getting its act together. I mean, presumably, if Labour lose badly, Corbyn will go, but who? I mean, his replacement could be. Would presumably be cut from the same cloth. The way the Labour Party's looking at the moment, anybody, anybody who anybody sensible might want to vote for is retired. Basically, it so. seems.
0: <laughs> One of your pieces, Robert, when you were in Oldham, mm. uh, somebody who didn't give their name, although they gave you such a terrific quote, they said that uh, local Labour voters have no love for some old Etonian dickhead, but can't stop yeah. it, Corbyn and the terrorism stuff. And that feels like that yes. sums up
2: the, the sort of the, the national mood, really. Uh, I think it's a northern mood, I think. Although Janice is it's contradicting that. I mean, Boris is box office, isn't? That's what he is in, yeah. the, in your market in Doncaster. So you wouldn't. They would maybe. They could hold both views, yeah, simultaneously. They could say, "Oh, you know, who's this old Etonian dickhead?" But it's fun. I've seen him on the telly, and he and he and he can make and he makes us laugh. And he wants to do what we want to happen. The overriding thing. I whenever I meet the electress as it were <laughs> reinforced in the view that they fa- fa- can be fantastically inarticulate and fantastically ignorant about some many things but they are, v- are very much not stupid and they have worked out if they want to get their brexit they have to give boris johnson a majority and that's mm. what they're going to do and what <laughs> impact do you think because obviously some of you went out before it happened but nigel farage's decision to stand yeah, that happened down whilst
0: the, i was on the road yeah in stand down in the toy held seats yeah. actually patrick in the seats that you went to that helps the Tories because they're all the Tory held seats that the Lib Dems were hoping to win by the, by the leave vote splitting.
1: the seats like St Ives, Tory majority of about 300. Um, North Cornwall is, is about 4,000. And at the time I thought, well, actually, looking at the polling locally, the the, the, the local papers had done some polling, the Liberals didn't have to increase their votes to win the seats because the Brexit, the Brexit, party, Brexit party was away. going to take away the Tories. And I had lunch with Anne Whittacombe on Dartmoor. She's standing in, in, in Plymouth. The things you do for Whitt- the Times. Whittacombe I mean, turned down doing panto with Brian Blessed so she could stand for the Brexit party. I went, what madness? <laughs> uh, quick, we'd come to the side, by the way. Over lunch, she, she had roast beef. And I put this in my piece. She said she wanted the beef very, very, very well done. And I'll scream if it's got any blood. And the number of comments I got underneath the piece saying, that tells you everything you need to know about the Brexit party. <laughs> well done, <laughs> roast the party beef. party of grey beef. <laughs> <Exactly. laughs> grey,
0: tough old beef. But yeah. at that time, yeah.
1: she was very, as you'd expect, bullish about Boris and saying, we've made him an offer. He needs to come to us. And um, she wasn't wanted to stand down at all. She felt that Boris had to effectively offer no deal, or they were going to have votes taken off them by the Brexit party. And so I thought that was probably going to help, especially in Cornwall. And even in seats like Salisbury, I meant there was an interesting QC was standing for the Brexit party in in Salisbury. Didn't really have a chance, but... He, he told me that he thought Ted Heath had offered the best manifesto that he'd ever read and that he'd campaigned for Ted Heath. <laughs> Apart from the Europe thing, he Apart have from liked the it. small matter of Europe that oh. he was yeah. starting off with the Brexit But, party. but he was sort of bullish about taking votes off the Tories I, in Salisbury. For, despite the fact that all the seats, the Brexit
2: party, were fielding candidates in the seats I was in, I was in because they were Labour held seats, I think that was going to help the Tories because it was giving, it was kind of Farage sort of. Sit, He's, he, yeah, he, by he, standing down, people were getting the message. Yeah, half, he said he giving him right. half a chance or something, yeah. but half a chance is the same as a full chance. It's an extension endorsement. And it was giving it was giving Leavers licence to vote Tory.
1: Yeah, Labour Leavers yeah. going to Brexit. Yeah. So Grimsby, yeah. as well, there's 12% for the Brexit party there and the Tories are about 12% ahead of Labour. Yeah, Tories will win great Grimsby, I think. So, yeah,
0: And actually, Don Valley, one of the seats you were just mm. talking about, Janice, in the YouGov RP poll yes. last week, that mm. was one of the ones that they've got down Yeah, so
3: Tories, I was talking winning. to some people who, in Caroline Strindt's office and, um, and they... They're actually quite pleased that Brexit party is standing in that sense, because some... Yeah. Th- because it takes...
2: We can let them through the middle.
3: Yeah, the, the worst yeah. case for Caroline Flint would be is a, is a straight Labour Tory thing. Yeah. The, yeah. S- the people who w- who want to vote against Remain can be filed off into...
2: The yeah, but I found in Hartlepool, which was, I mean, the Alderman Batley, I suppose, 60% leave in the referendum. Hartlepool was 70%. Uh, and the Brexit guy there was Richard Tice. I didn't hear anybody, the, the Labour leavers. Which is most people (laughs) (laughs) saying they were going to vote Brexit because the hope for Labour there would be that, like you say, Brexit would uh, split the Leave vote and the Tories uh, with Labour would come through the middle. I didn't detect that. We
0: sort of wonder, if you are a Leave and you want Brexit done, I don't know what the point of voting for the Brexit no, Party is. And I think,
2: like I say, people aren't daft. And that yeah. poll that you well, mentioned, I think they own Brexit an, Party was on 3 percent. I think
3: it goes to that kind of really ancestral hatred of the Tories. Yeah. And there is some of that. It's a sort of
2: gateway yeah,
3: drug. Yeah, they're Southern, they are, you, they're, yeah. they're posh people, and, and they don't people, care about us.
2: And people have been voting
0: UKIP for a number of years in, yeah, some, yeah. Of those, in some of those seats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, tell you what, um, after the break, I'm keen to talk about other issues that you came across apart from Brexit and also how you go about the job of Vox popping, because having done it during this campaign, it is annoying. Uh, So we'll talk about that. We're back after this short break.
1: Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact. You can get short term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states.
0: Welcome back, your listeners. Red Box Podcast with me, Matt Chorley. Joining the show by Janice Turner, Robert Crampton, and Patrick Kidd. I suppose we should have talked about this at the beginning. Vox popping. You're dispatched by the editor or the common editor, or whatever. You're going to X place. You get off the train. You pull up into town, armed only with a notepad. How do you go about approaching members of the public without being annoying and looking like you're selling gas or trying to sign them up to a direct
2: debit scheme or whatever it is? Robert, well, it helps that you're with a photographer, so your purpose is sort of fairly clear from the you're, you're not just some bloke on him on, on his on his own who could be doing anything you're immediately identifiable as reporters and then and you say you are straight away and people are surprised they generally they say the times or is that the do you mean the Mansfield Times or the, you know, the Batley Times or whatever it is? And you say, no, the, the London Times. And they're, what are you doing here then? The people are, are mm-hmm. surprised and everybody's polite, but not everybody wants to talk. They, uh, a lot of people say not interested, haven't got time, off they go. And you keep going until you find somebody who is uh, opinionated, friendly and articulate and sober. <laughs>
0: Maybe not the last one. You can overlook
2: the last one. Well, you'd be surprised. I mean, I'll talk about this in a minute. You say, what do we find? But uh, what you find in some of these, in the heart of some of these Northern towns is the level of, uh, uh, what's the word? Uh,
3: Daytime drinking.
2: Yeah, I mean, degradation is very, very high. I mean, I'm from the North and I'm familiar with it. And I was still surprised. Uh, how bad things have got in, especially in, if you're in,
3: box popping in the middle of the day because, middle of the day because, because everyone getting, else
2: yeah. is yeah. in an office yeah. yes you're getting a slightly uh skewed view because the you're not talking to working people or you trying yeah. to maybe try and do something at lunchtime and to get some younger people because yeah. often what you're, you're getting get is old is old people unemployed people who find themselves free correct in a, of, a, yeah. of a morning yeah
0: uh, one of the things that I found Patrick when I went to taunton i think it was just before the election was actually called uh, and did a podcast but i had instead of a photographer i had a big fluffy microphone so people could see what i was doing and a woman waited for me she i was speaking to someone else and she's basically queued up she assumed this was about politics and she right. wanted to talk about politics so far from like struggling to speak to people i had ended up with a queue of people wanting Brilliant. to speak well you uh, a celebrity
2: yes well, <laughs> well, well there was
0: part of that i was standing next to the statue of myself and in the town center <laughs> they thought you were carrying a dog or something <laughs> is that what you found that people it more engaged this time around than previous times <laughs>
1: Not especially. I didn't do a huge amount of box popping because I went specifically to look at candidates who might be interesting and overthrow people sitting there. But I, as I said, I went to see these fishermen. I wandered up and down the quayside in Newland and just sort of looking over the side of boats. Ahoy there! <laughs> I may not have said. Uh, and, and they were very happy to talk. Bluntly and, and rustically. Um, and I went into a, <laughs> um, a few pubs as well and, and just chatted to people at the bar and, and met a, a fisherman who was a Remainer, actually. Was a, but Kirschley wouldn't give you his name. He was the one who wouldn't tell me his
0: name. He's only voted Remain for his grandson. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. What about you, Dennis? How do you approach well, Roxbury?
3: I've been doing this for many, many years now, but even so, you have this. I mean, I, I've done a lot without photographers, and I think mm. I agree with you. When you've got photography, you, it's also you feel a bit bolder and a bit more official. Yeah. But going up, up to sort of people in the street um, it, it you know you have to overcome an, a natural reserve that you are mm-hmm. going to be told to bugger off by quite a lot of people or that you'll meet nutters or but actually you know on one level vox popping is the lowest form of journalism in the sense that you can make it say anything you want but on the other hand it is one of the most interesting and mm-hmm. exciting and you know you're real. meeting real people you're finding yeah. out what they really think you can be taken off in really bizarre directions you can be made to think of a whole bunch of other issues that you'd never even considered um so i i kind of i kind of i'm naturally well, averse to it but i it also it's brilliant it's one of those things which yeah. sounds like
0: it feels like what we should be doing all the time, yeah, yeah. and sitting in the office. Think, well, I really must get out. And as soon mm. as you get out, you think, "Oh God, what are we doing mm. this for?" And you're totally right. You end up having one conversation with one person. Yeah, it been which a local report. Changes it's your good. view. Yes. yes. Yeah, and it,
2: and it's a weird and colourful country. I mean, you come up to mm. people. I said to one guy, "What are you voting oh, I don't vote, mate. I'm a Satanist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and all people who, you know, they get they get. <laughs> Is
3: there some sort of directive from the devil? Mike? I don't know. I
2: thought I don't see why Satanists. You know, I mean, they could. They've been as
3: valid be as anybody in, else. in high office quite often.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> There's always a danger as well that we, we spoke about about how you, it's self-selecting because if you're there on a wet Tuesday morning and oh. as I was in Tunbridge Wells last week for a piece that hasn't run yet, but I don't think it will go Lib Dem at all. But there's been some big um, by-election council wins there, massive swings to the Lib Dems of two weeks ago. So I thought it were going to test the water. And after speaking to a lot of old people wandering down, who won surprisingly Tory, I oh. saw some young people standing outside a pub. Um, and they were sort of wearing black and. Um, I assume they worked there or something, went and chatted. They were very friendly, very disillusioned, uh, very anti Tory, very anti Labour hmm. and Then after a bit of me burbling away I said, So so what are you doing here? Are you are you working here or something? No, we've just come from my nephew's funeral, they said. Oh. At which point you just say, I'm really sorry. Oh, I just yeah. I was so in I mean I was tremendously polite, of course, all the way through, but you then feel, gosh, this is this is so insignificant and but they were happy to talk. Yeah. I think when you could go and say, Excuse me, sir, could I just ask your opinion? People yeah. do like to give it. Yep. And so what are the
0: things that get
1: cut through? Because one of the
0: things I really remember from being out and about in, before the 2015 election was the number of people when talking about Ed Miliband would bring up his brother. The thing mm. that Westminster had forgotten about, but was yep. the thing that had really yep. stuck. And it feels like going around the country this time, the anti-Semitism <laughs> thing with Jeremy Corbyn it gets brought up now in a yeah. way that it didn't two years ago. So what was it that you found that... The, the I didn't find anti-Semitism
3: actually I, I found it just more a kind of really profound cultural aversion to Jeremy Corbyn on mm. many different levels mm-hmm. from sort of the things that he likes to do that they can't imagine interest they can't imagine sharing What, what, what like? Well you know just the, uh, you know the sort of vegetarian cycling you know <laughs> sort of ascetic lifestyle I think oh. is unappealing whereas Boris you know is a, is an enormous bastard in many ways but they can imagine Having a pipe with him.
0: Well, that's what I think happened in 2015 as well. The Ed Miliband is weird. Like David Cameron is a posh bloke that people have met or come across. Yeah. And Ed Miliband was interested in Mm.
2: Rubik's cubes and a baseball and all that. People used to say the same about. Remember George Bush and Al Gore. Who would who they rather have a have a beer with? Yeah. You know. And often that's what it comes down to. I don't really like Boris Johnson very much, but if I was posed that question, I know what I know what I'd say. That's the terrorism thing came up with Corbyn. I mean, yes, just like Johnny said, there's a general sense that he's sort of unfit and not up to it, and a, and a bit a bit of a that wimp. That he's not
3: on the, our side as a country. Yeah,
0: and it's such a thing that sort of the Westminster bubble, London media elite get wrong mm-hmm. is the there's still the strength of patriotism enormously so outside London. Yeah, I mean, a big part is huge. Of,
2: bit, in terms of cut through, I heard it many, many times. The 19, you know, we would sit on our own in 1940, and we can stand alone again. That yes. whole blitz spirit, then sort of emotional. Spasm, if you like, which I think was largely responsible for producing the Brexit vote is alive and well yeah, and, uh, but that, people, that, and yet that so easily gets mocked wh- by smart wh- artists we, on Twitter we won the war why yeah. should we be paying money to the Germans Well, I, yeah. when, when, I, mean, I, I heard it a lot this
3: yeah. was, I noticed this when I was covering the floods in this really poor bit of Doncaster called Bentley which is you know v- incredibly down and it's up has been flooded numerous times and really people have lost everything and they're not insured and it's terrible and there was this fantastic guy who ran a sort of windows and conservatory showroom who just opened up his entire shop to make it a sort of food bank slash point and i said to him i said i'm really touched by all this kind of um community spirit and what do you think it came from and i thought he was going to say the same old oh it's northern as we look out for each other he said i think it's the brexit spirit partly because we know that we're on our own and we're going to deal with it and we always have really and, interesting. yeah which is uh, and, awesome. and it really kind yeah. of opened my mind you know as you say when you meet some people vox they uh, really make you think in a different way and i thought there is something <laughs> in that and there's something in that what he said that explains why people in doncaster 70 percent voted brexit also, because they can feel yeah. they can survive
2: also people think it can't get any worse mm. yes they're willing we're to take to the lose. risk so mm. when we say oh we're going to go into a recession it's it's pretty bad already yeah I mean they may may be wrong it may be that it is it can get worse but if you're if you're I can see if you're living in the uh, conditions of life uh, and it doesn't help that it's freezing cold and you know that's a factor in Oldham or Batley or Hartlepool you could think yeah let's let's, this is is worth a punt because it can't you know it can't get
1: worse that's exactly (laughs) what I found in in Cornwall speaking to the Lib Dem candidate in Mm. North Cornwall um, a guy called Danny Chambers who enunciated the Brexit problem actually more eloquently than anyone else. He wasn't going down the we must revoke. He was saying people down here feel cut off, feel deprived, ill, very bad salaries. 42% of people in his constituency who are working are earning the living wage. Wow. And that's disgraceful. He said there's 200 and something pound deficit per child in, in school. He, had, uh-huh. running all sorts of data. he said, I really understand why they vote uh-huh. for Brexit. And actually, I don't hate them for voting for Brexit. Uh-huh. And he said the Remain campaign fought... A, really bad tactics down there because they came in and said think of all the money that's coming to cornwall from the eu he said if you're going to food banks you don't care that the eden projects received a grant or whatever even though they were knock-on benefits or you don't care there's been dual carriageway improvements and such and such when you can't fill your car and i thought he was actually thinking around Mm -hmm. why people and he just said brexit (laughs) is the wrong answer to the right question and until london starts answering that question these things are going to happen the interesting thing is that a lot of the Reason these places are so suffering so much
2: is they've had ten years of austerity. They've they've seen their the grants cut, central government grant, grants cut, and so forth. But I didn't I didn't meet. Well, I met a few one head teacher who who squarely blame the Tory government for that. And and she was having to provide she was buying winter coats for some of the kids in at her school because yeah. uh, which is which just makes you feel ashamed. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. I mean good for her, but it makes you feel ashamed of of that the country's come to that. But nobody was the the Tories seem to be getting away entirely with the uh, I mean they haven't been kind to these communities over the last ten years. They've the people who largely suffered through austerity. Uh but they're not getting the, they weren't getting the blame
0: the trouble with things like austerity is there's such a long tale from George Osborne budget announcements yep. applauded by the papers the next day uh-huh. it's 12 months before those cuts kick, kick in yep. it's 4-5 years before the in because people make do and whatever mm. it's 4-5 years yep. before those services properly fall over And they are, but they are doing now they are now they exactly. are doing yeah. but also they really are.
3: it's very clever if you cut council budgets what do people do when they blame the council they, they shout at the council this yeah. is the thing with the, <laughs> the floods yeah. in 2007 there were floods and, and people really shouted at the council and, and but now they sort of got on with it and organized their own thing but and the council were terrible in these floods. They were telling me they just dumped the sandbags mm. on the bridge, so nobody could carry them if you were if you weren't very strong into where they needed to be until the army came. But you know they weren't angry with government. They were angry with a useless council. So it's incredibly clever of George Osborne to sort of franchise out um, austerity to these, uh, so people aren't shouting at the government. You have to make a political mental leap in order to start blaming yep. the Tories, and you have
2: to have a Labour Party which knows its business. And I mean, you'd think the Labour Party else will be able to pin government cuts on the Tories I mean it's their bread and butter yes and they haven't so that's how I mean that's what that's the problem as well that the Labour Party
1: Is useless. Last time, <laughs> Labour were really one of their strategies in 2017 was telling every school, and you'd have leaflets at the school gate. Your school is losing so much more yeah. people. yeah. I've not seen any of that. No, 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 it's no I agree. Was
0: well, because now they they're, would... they're just involved in this sort of crazy arms race of how much more money can they spend, yeah. and the Tories are pointing more yeah. money, and that they, they aren't fighting on. You're right. Yeah, the, the, I think the lack I was focus I th- on that.
2: I think the 58 billion came on for the for the wasp. came out when I was on the road, and people people just laughed. I mean, they're not daft. <laughs> They're not Mm. they know you can't just magic money up. Yeah. And there's another thing this week of um,
0: taking a third off your train fares. I think the reach nobody's going to believe that all that is possible.
3: No, we're so. all going to get a puppy soon, aren't we? <laughs> i I really like the person,
1: because you can. see last week Labour were claiming that they were going to build, or plant two billion trees and someone said, is this a bit like monkeys and Shakespeare? That if you plant enough trees, eventually a magic money tree gets grown. <laughs> <very laughs> Do you know,
3: I think the only good thing about this election is the tree war. It's like the tree arms race. I, I honestly Arboretum's love... Arboretum's race. Yeah, I love very the good. fact that we are, we are building as many, we are going to grow as many trees as possible. I think that's the only nice thing that's happening. Well, particularly because I
0: remember the Tories, in, was it in 2010 or 2015, promised a million trees and this was seen as an exciting development. Now being promised two billion trees, is, but this is good if it, if it ends up with more trees being planted. Yeah. That, that can only be a good thing. Yeah. Just for, aside from Brexit and all of that, what are the things that, you know, is it town centres are struggling or is it the NHS or schools or climate change or what are the things that people talked about?
1: Being cut off, actually the Tory in, in Summerton and david warburton said communications is a big issue in, in the, so it's it's broadband obviously yeah. but, uh, oh. not being able to get connected that way but also roads as i discovered when my train from temple coom back to london was, was suddenly cancelled the next one was two hours away the the, the the links to cities are poor and and the roads so he said and i think that's exactly the thing throughout the southwest it's just feeling cut off and uh, all the yeah. talk of northern powerhouses doesn't matter them of course
2: yeah yeah, the problem where I was was that was town centres. They've been hollowed out. Out of town shopping centres. I mean, again, that again, that's an example of seeing it. You're seeing it slightly like skewed vision because because if you went out and found a nice uh, posh shopping centre five miles out, well, that's where you'd find people would say it was great. The nice yeah, young yeah. couples with the four wheel drives and everything. Yeah, but, and so uh something radi- really radical has got to be done about kind of town planning in, for a lot of these northern cities. They're mm-hmm. ruined by you know first the North and then the, the and then the. Uh, post-war planning. Uh, and it was all slave to the road and the car. It's ruined them, and now they're just being hollowed out more and more by out-of-town shopping centres. And if
0: you don't have a car, then and your bus is probably been cancelled a long time ago, so you're completely buggered. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's infrastructure. I think that was, you know, certainly in the floods. It was like, oh, Sheffield had some infra- had some embankments boarded yeah. up, and so all the water came to Doncaster. You know, yeah, but that was- that's the general theme. Is like if it was, yeah. you know, the River Thames has got a huge great barrier, but mm. um, the, you know the fact they won't, they don't even care that our homes are being flooded. Is one example, but generally. Mm. The rail links, you know, yeah. it, it cannot be right they don't, that yeah. it's it's as easy, it's as quick for me to get from London to Doncaster as it is yeah. from most from some northern cities to Doncaster. I mean, it's an insult. If I was a northern taxpayer, I would be livid about that. It's so unfair. Yeah,
2: the bit that needs building is is Liverpool, and I would argue all the way to Hull. Yes, for, <laughs> for obvious reasons, but certainly, <laughs> certainly Liverpool through Wigan, Saint Helens, Manchester, are on, on to you know the. Uh, Kirklees and, the, and uh, Sheffield and, Le- and Leeds, and that's what needs that's what needs building mm. much more than HS2. Well, there's a big argument about HS2, but you mm. can't think if they built the northern bit first. Yes. Well, yeah, the problem with HS2 is that that's, it could just benefit London and the South East more. It's
0: London to, London to yeah. Birmingham, which actually the trains
2: to London to Birmingham are pretty but good. Yeah, and it, just, and it just extends the commuter belt around the yeah. London and the South East, whereas yeah. the, you, you actually link, you make a great big northern conurbation out of Liverpool and Manchester and Leeds.
1: So I was going to say, another one that's uh, a abiding memory of this is that there's no enthusiasm for this selection. No. Um, one of the fishermen uh, I chatted to in the Star pub at Newland said that if I have a problem with my car, I take it to a mechanic. If I have a problem with... If I'm ill, I go to a GP. He said there's a problem with our, the way our country's being run. Why are they asking us? Why aren't they sorting it out in <laughs> London? He said, we only had an election two years ago. We sent a message through the referendum. Mm. Just don't ask us to come back. And the trouble is that everyone thinks Parliament's divided. Well, the country's divided. So I'm not sure why we're blaming Parliament for being divided. Mm. But there's not been much attempt to come together and find it as a compromise yeah. It. And that, yeah,
3: I've seen hardly any posters.
1: Mm. No, I saw that
2: the first post I went to Cambridge in Isha for, for family stuff this weekend mm. and, that, and I saw loads of posters in Cambridge nice middle you know, oh, right. okay. and loads in down in Surrey uh, what but, were they for mainly? Uh, it was Lib Dem versus Labour in Cambridge and it was Tory versus Lib Dem in Surrey right and uh, but I didn't see. I think I saw a single, other than on a, on a constituency office. I didn't see a single political poster in three days in the north.
0: Yeah, I've, I've seen a. Few, I've seen a few near uh, where I live in Fleet, North Hampshire. Some mm. Lib Dem and Tory, even though I think it's the most is the safest Tory seat in the country. Also. Right, but still, the Lib Dems have got their posters up, which yeah. is my thing. So, go on, uh, just finally, based on this totally unscientific excursion around the country, what do we think is going to happen in the election next
2: week? Oh. I, <laughs> imagine, I wish within five hard. minutes of arriving in Aldermore I'd found a bookies. And I, there was no shortage of bookies now. You know, I believe it's amusement arcades, charity shops and bookies and asked for the odds on a 100-seat Tory majority, which then would probably would have been quite quite tasty, but probably less so now. Although it's narrowing it's narrowing again according to the polls at the weekend. I don't know. I think somewhere 50-seat 50, 50 Tory majority.
1: I think some really good candidates who deserve to be in Parliament aren't going to be in Parliament. And mm. I would... I, Claire Wright in East Devon Danny Chambers in, in North Cornwall David Warburton and there's three different parties there or two parts in Independent they're, they're good people yeah. okay. and I Warburton will get back in but the, the other two don't and I just I think you're right I think Boris will get a, a working majority and then we'll see what he does with it Janice?
3: I think turnout is going to be really low and I don't know uh, I, I wonder if a lot of these people who are Labour to Tory voters will just not go not bother
1: when it comes to it, the instinct of putting that cross in the Tory box, even if you're telling people. And the weather's going to be a factor. I mean, well, it's I was so that, I was, miserable. I, I mean, was there the, a few weeks talk ago. Talk about it,
2: taking the temperature. The temperature yeah. is, it's bloody freezing. It was freezing. <laughs> I mean, I was up in the Pennines with two of those seats. And, you know, the big constituencies, long way to the polling station, slippy pavements, icy, dark at four o'clock. I mean, a lot of people might not bother. Well, on that cheerful note.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, we're glad that you bothered and went out across the country. That's all we've got time for this week. Subscribe to the podcast, though, because on Friday, we're going to talk about the Times project of the election in a room where they got got 100 swing voters from seats across the country in one room in Manchester at the weekend to ask them what we think about the election. So subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss that. And sign up to my morning email at thetimes.co.uk. And don't forget to get tickets to the morning after the election night before event. Go to mytimesplus.co.uk and get tickets to my stand-up show. Go to the Bloomsbury Theatre website. I think that's all the plugs there. Uh, my huge thanks to uh, Janice, Robert and Patrick. For me, Matt Jolly, it's Goodbye.